Coming up on Studios America, Blaze TV's Jason Buttrell joins us with the latest on the border and a preview of tonight's new Glenn Beck special on wokeness and excellent news on the vaccine front with a new study showing 100% effectiveness straight into my arm, baby. Let's do this. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Be sure to head to my Instagram page at Studios America for exclusive content. And if you hit the link in the bio, you get links to uh, watch the show, share the show, uh, make the show. You can come host it if you want. I don't know, whatever. Or help us battle conservative censorship with your very own Blaze TV subscription. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Joe Biden is the president and wants us to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars on a leftist wish list. How the hell did this become our reality? Uh, let's do Biden's spending frenzy. Stu does America. Uh, welcome to another day in 2021 America. Yes, it's another fantastic one. Just a few more trillions of dollars spent today. No big deal. Don't worry about it. We did a special live stream on this YouTube channel. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, you could, of course, subscribe now. And each time you do it, an angel gets his wings. Something. Anyway, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to be doing um, as many live events like this that we can. Kind of just like live coverage and, and commentary. Some live fact-checking, some mockery. It was a lot of fun. You can go back and watch the entire speech and watch us uh, talk over Joe Biden for most of the time. It was interesting and I think an important thing for people to take in. Because here we are in, what, month three, four of this presidency? Feels like month 4,000. Uh, when we have a president who's coming out very, very infrequently to give speeches like this. This is really his first policy-based speech uh, of his presidency, at least in a major way. Kind of spent the uh, $1.9 trillion. I think everybody now, this is a new thing, but every president when they come into office get the one policy that passes. Like we just allow one of them to just go through without any trouble. Got $1.9 trillion uh, spent already. That was through reconciliation. And we're going to have another potential reconciliation attempt. This is an attempt for the Democrats to get only 50 votes and spend all of your money for you. Because to be honest about it, I don't like the way you're spending it. And therefore, you should not be able to spend it that way. That's the truth. Uh, so we have some clips from Joe Biden's speech today. Uh, this is him introducing his second multi-trillion dollar bill of his first term in office. Um, he started off with a very, I mean, he went through a bunch of, he went through the typical sort of nonsense, praising the unions because the, he did it in Pittsburgh because blue collar workers equals Pittsburgh equals unions, I think. Uh, he did have this uh, strange moment. And, I, and just, just watch this for a minute. You tell me what would happen if, let's say, Donald Trump did this. Watch. It's a vision not seen through the eyes of Wall Street or Washington, but through the eyes of hardworking people, like the people I grew up with. Mm. People like Mike and his union family. Good old Mike. Union workers and his Carpenters Training Center. Carpenters. People unions. like the folks I grew up with in Scranton and Claymont, Delaware. Oh, Scranton, drink. People who get up every day, work hard, raise their family, pay their taxes, mm -hmm. serve what? their country and volunteer for their communities. Mm. And just looking for a little bit of breathing room. That's it. That's all they just want. Just a little bit of light. Just got to give them a trillion dollars. Ordinary so. Americans doing extraordinary things. Yeah. People who break their necks every day for their families 
and the country they love. A country that, in fact, uh, which on the day I was elected, day you was in extreme distress. Mm -hmm. Okay. With the virus on a deadly rampage that has now killed over 4,000, excuse me, 500, I carry it in my pocket every day. Mm -hmm. I have the list of exactly how many have died. 547,296 Americans. Good job. Dead from the virus. Mm. Now, to be fair, it was over 4,000. So he was right on that. And it was over 500,000 as well. You know, you just think of this as, as a president of the United States, this would seem callous. It would be callous for many other person, especially when you're missing by I mean, 4,000. Let's just give him a break and say he would kind of meant 400,000. Still, to not have really any idea where that number was and to pull it, pull it out of his jacket pocket to read it off, just awkward. And it's one of those things that if Donald Trump did it, he would be disconnected. He doesn't care about the average person. He doesn't care how many people actually died. He's reading it off a piece of paper out of his jacket pocket. What a terrible person. Not the case with Joe Biden. He's just Scranton Joe, doesn't know anything about numbers, kind of blurts things out in the wrong order often, but that's okay because he's Joe Biden. And that's okay. Um, He also went on, let's go uh, 100 days here. Uh, This is uh, Joe Biden again unveiling multiple trillions of dollars of spending, but not before he wants to talk to you a little bit about vaccines. That's why I moved so quickly to pass the American Rescue Plan with the help of my friends here in the Congress. I really mean that. Mm. It didn't pass by a whole lot. Yeah, you got no, the leadership of no bipartisan Connor support and on it. Bobby and the Connor, America. Bobby. I, I just, you got it done. And you got it done. He forgot whoever because the third person was. Because it was an emergency. We needed to act to save jobs, mm-hmm. to save businesses, to save lives. And that's what we did. We're beginning to see the results. We're on our way to having given 200 million vaccination shots in the first 100 days of my presidency. When I said I'd get 100 million done, people thought it was a significant exaggeration. We're going to get 200 million done, twice the original goal, because of all the help of all of you. I just want to help everybody out there. Thank you so much for getting this past Connor, Bobby, and, and you know the thing, uh, Velament, uh, Velveeta, Orange Julius, Marshmallow Fluff, all of you, thank you so much for passing that. It's an important bill that they all worked on. I was very excited about the work of Orange Julius on that particular program. Uh, he goes into this ridiculous thing. Now, look, this is something Glenn Beck told me long, long ago. By the way, a special coming up here in just a few minutes on the total wokeness of our society. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, but Glenn told me this a long time ago. If you promise a Bentley and you deliver a Volkswagen, people are going to be pissed off. If you promise a Volkswagen and deliver a Bentley, people are going to be thrilled. And Joe Biden takes this to the zillionth extreme here by continually acting as if all he needed to do was to slow down the pace of vaccinations. And that was an incredible accomplishment. The day he came into office, there was 1.3 
million vaccinations in this country. I don't need to tell you, because I know you're a math genius if you happen to watch this program, that in 100 days, the pace of 1.3 million would give you 130 million vaccinations. That's over what he promised. Now, his essential point here is I, I need to not just maintain, but actually can slightly slow the pace of vaccinations and still hit my goal. Now, of course, this is as all of the production is coming online. So it makes no sense to think that that number is going to go down. And of course, obviously it didn't. We've now hit over 3 million vaccinations on several different days. And uh, now he's up to 200 million. Well, again, it's almost impossible not to achieve. And he's bragging about it. Uh, because he's hoping the American people don't know these facts. And you know what? Outside of this audience, outside of a few other people, they're right. Let's be honest about it. They're right. People are going to give Joe Biden credit for these vaccinations because Joe Biden uh, is correct in his assessment of the American people. Most of them are not paying attention. And, you know, the people who didn't like Donald Trump are not going to give Donald Trump credit for the vaccines, even though if you're going to give a president of the United States credit for vaccines, obviously you have to give it to Donald Trump. If you want to give it to someone even more specific, you'd give it to uh, big pharmaceutical companies uh, who have done an incredible job rolling all this out. A little, little hiccup. For Johnson and Johnson today, we'll get into that a little bit later. But generally speaking, uh, it's been very, very, very uh, positive. And if you want to get even more specific than that, capitalism as a whole, allowing people to constantly innovate on the fly, get the best people all together, like no other system that's ever been invented. You know who's last on this list? Like below me is Joe Biden. Like I'm here. You're like probably up here, even above me. Then you've got like, I don't know, probably 100 million people who are doing who knows what. Way down here at the very, very bottom, Joe freaking Biden. He's the last person who's responsible for this. It's just true. This was something that was in effect. A lot of the same people from the Trump administration are still doing these roles. It's just completely insane to take credit for it. All right, let's go. uh, Stop number three. This is from Joe Biden's speech today in Pittsburgh. This is not to target those who made it, <clears throat> not to seek retribution. This is about opening opportunities for everybody else. Mm. And here's the truth. We all will do better when we all do well. This is standard left-wing sloganeering here. Uh, he's talking about taxation and saying it's not to punish people who are rich. We just want to take the things that they've earned and give it to other people because, you know, we think that's going to be more fair. We all do better if we all do well. Uh, typical left wing. I mean, you know, look, this is something that could have been you know, written back you know, by Joseph Stalin, right? It's a slogan to talk about wealth distribution. And obviously, uh, you know, his, Joe, Joe Biden's policies are different than Joe, uh, Joe Stalin's by, you know, like a couple of percent, you know, like two or three. No, they're they're obviously different policies, but like the slogan is the same rationale for communism, right? It's just basically like, well, we all do better if we all do well. Well, you know, a guy can you put a hammer and sickle on that poster and it would work fine. The whole point here is that we're supposed to be individuals earning what we believe, uh, you know, getting to what we believe we can achieve and earning what is due to us. And then we get to decide what we do with our money. That's the way the country's supposed to work. It's just not the way that Joe Biden sees it. And he sees an opening. To, to walk this ball 
you know, further and further down the field when no one's looking. Obama did a lot of damage and he moved it far, but I think Biden sees a bigger hole. He sees a bigger opening to be able to go down this road. And it's so far, it seems to be working. We'll see if the, he can get this through the Senate. Uh, not going to be easy, but it's very, very possible. Uh, here is Joe Biden about the future. This plan is important, not only for what and how it builds, it's also important to where we build. It includes everyone, regardless of your race or your zip code. Too often, economic growth and recovery is concentrated on the coast. Too often, investments have failed to meet the needs of marginalized communities left behind. There is talent innovation everywhere. And this plan connects that talent through cities, small towns, rural communities, through our businesses and our universities, through our entrepreneurs, union workers, all across America. We have to move now. Because I'm convinced that if we act now, now, in 50 years, people are going to look back and say, this was the moment that America won the future. Won the future. If we act now, we just got to act now and we'll win the future. Act now. Uh, this is... You know, it's it's tough because Biden, this is his selling point, right? Like the, the we don't want the wealth to accumulate on the coasts. Like, I mean, who, what is he talking about? Accumulating on the coast like this is you think a conservative would be saying like that, something like that. And that's the kind of the, the formula of Joe Biden. Right. He walks out here, gives you kind of a moderate sounding spiel that wraps around a completely radical policy. And make no mistake. That's what this is. This is a radical, radical spending policy. Something that Barack Obama would have been embarrassed to, pr to promote. Remember, Barack Obama came into office with, not 50, 60 senators. 60. In that time, the, the, the Democratic Party, which was very left, was still not left enough to get a policy like even Obamacare through with 59 senators. They had to hold on to that original 60-vote uh, crap heap that they passed because, honestly, they couldn't, they couldn't do it with only 59 senators. They couldn't get one conservative to go along with them. Now they've got 50 senators, and they think they've got all the power in the world. It really is revealing. Um, here's a, uh, one of the big things here. This is not going to be the big focus of, uh, of course, this particular uh, platform from the media. But this is not just a spending policy. It's a tax and spend policy. I will say that raising taxes in incredible amounts is not going to be enough to pay for this policy. They're going to, ha they had to really manipulate the numbers. They had to go deep into the spreadsheet, come out with all the tricks they could think of and try to manipulate the numbers. One of the ways they did that is they, they took 15 years of taxes and said those 15 years of taxes are going to pay for only eight years of the spending. Now, what happens in those other seven years? Do they just eliminate all the programs they love so much? My guess is no. This is a trick in accounting. They're trying to make sure that they can look like they're paying for these things, when in reality, they are not. Uh, and he had all sorts of lies about taxes. Here's another one. This is not about penalizing anyone. Penalizing. I have nothing against millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. I believe American American capitalism. Do you? I want everyone to do a but. But here's the deal. Right now, a middle class couple, a firefighter and a teacher with two kids making a combined salary of, say, one hundred and ten, hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, pays twenty two cents for each 
additional dollar they earn mm. in federal income tax. Middle class, remember that. But a multinational corporation that builds a factory abroad, brings it home and sells it, they pay nothing at all. I just can't believe they're still rolling these same things out. First of all, when... When the left wants $100,000 to be rich, when the left wants $70,000 to be rich, they will say it's rich. When they want to say it's middle class and it's just a firefighter and a teacher, they're making $100,000 a year, those people now are middle class. They were rich before, now they're middle class. They do this stuff all the time. Uh, It's not a huge, uh, huge surprise. It is incredibly frustrating. It's also inane to compare what, what they're talking about here. One an individual is earning money, okay? You go to work, you earn money, you get taxed on that income. A corporation is doing more than one thing, right? They're trying to grow as a corporation. So let's just say you take in $100 at your lemonade stand and you go out and because you think it's gonna be even busier tomorrow, you buy $110 worth of ingredients for lemonade for the next day. How much tax should you pay, right? You've now spent more money than you've taken in. Should you be taxed on the revenue when you're actually losing money? Of course not. That's not how business works. Of course Joe Biden knows this. And the companies he's talking about largely are in that position. They're either taking the money they're earning and before they take the profit on it, investing it in other things so they can try to grow their business. This is what, by the way, all of the spending is supposed to do to make these companies invest so they can hire people and all the rest. So if you, let's say you had $100, you decided to go out and, and, and hire some employees and they cost more than $100, you're losing money on that day, hoping to grow into the future. If eventually you're bringing in large amounts of profit, you have no choice but to pay taxes. But most of these companies are in a position where they're making either no profit or a small profit. And so they don't pay taxes. You wind up investing it in the future. That's what we're supposed to be encouraging companies to do. Instead, it's the enemy. It is just over and over and over again the same sort of thing. Let me give you uh, the end of the speech here. Joe Biden in Pittsburgh. And uh, I think you'll be happy to hear Pittsburgh. After this, I think he left. I hope Republicans in Congress will join this effort. Do you? I hope and I believe a number of businesses will join this effort. Do you? And I hope and believe the American people will join this effort. Mm-hmm. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, we can do this. We can. We have to do this. We can spend other people's we money. We will do this. We can do it. Yay! You just have to remember. Remember what? This is the United States of America. Oh, I'm glad you know times. what country you're in. There's nothing beyond our capacity. Mm-hmm. If we act together. Okay. So it's time to move together. Time to move together. Thank you, and I hope I get to come back to see you folks okay. after this plan is passed. And the question is, mm-hmm. you have oh, no. to attract even more apprentices. Oh, God, he's off More people. Oh, no. Because we're building so much. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank well. As usual, Joe Biden does end with a very good line. May God protect our troops. We certainly agree with him on that and disagree with him on everything else he said. Back in a second. Let's say you're trying to buy or sell a home in an economy where money doesn't mean anything because they're printing money constantly. That's when you need a real estate agent who's going to figure out how the heck to do this in a rational way. In this world, I will say this, uh, looking at the real estate market right now, what a great time 
to sell your home. There is a lot of money flowing into the economy right now. Uh, it's a reality. We got to deal with it. We may not like it, but we got to deal with it. Also, the economy's coming back from the COVID situation. People, some people just kind of stayed home, didn't spend any money, saved up some money, and now are looking to buy a new home. It is the type of thing that is happening all around the country. The markets are going crazy right now. We got to make sure we don't have a bubble. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. But if you're trying to sell your home, this is a great time to do it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's like the Hall of Fame for real estate agents. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Happy to welcome Jason Buttrell back to the program. He's the head writer and researcher from some unknown weirdo named Glenn Beck here at The Blaze. <laughs> I don't know who he is. Uh, same weirdo has a brand new special tonight. It's called Comply or Die, How America Will Enforce Total Wokeness. You can catch it right here on Blaze TV right after this program, 9 p.m. Eastern. Jason, how's it going? I got my sport coat on. means I mean business today. So it, It's very rare you get dressed up for this program. <laughs> I know. I'm usually in the Vans shirt and yeah. uh, the Adidas. So. I know. It's, it's very impressive. <laughs> uh, is that because the special is such a big deal tonight? Is that the, is that the reason? Yes. Yes. That is exactly the deal. Thank you for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this special is actually a pretty big deal. Uh, we So we've been following this thing that nobody seems to understand. Uh, I think mostly because nobody will report on it. And that's also because pretty much most of them are in on it. Uh, If you go to, and what I'm talking about is Great Reset, uh, what they're doing to pretty much, in their own words, restructure society as we know it and restructure and try and reinvent capitalism. Mm. Uh, Also called socialism, it's been called communism in certain places, national socialism has been called that. Um, or what we've been calling is an oligarchy, which is what it is. It's, um, you know, empowering the elite, you know, the technocratic elite at the very top. So the big corporations, companies like that, uh, them in league with elected officials, they will get all the power. Small businesses, people like you and me will be screwed. Um, but tonight is about analyzing in what, what the ESG scores, which we've talked about before. We've mm-hmm. looked at the environment and how going green and how they'll use banks to um, force that upon mm-hmm. you know us. Um, the S in ESG is social, and you know you, you've noticed this already. Uh, you've n- remember you know what was this? Gosh, was that a year ago? Um, all these companies started changing their names. Uncle Ben, you yeah. know, uh, Aunt Jemima, Aunt Jemima. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnson Johnson was doing stuff. Mattel uh, came out with a gender neutral Barbie. Thank God that's finally happening, right? Yep. Um, Big time. All these companies are doing that. But there's no teeth behind it. There's no ins- there's no hard financial incentive for them to do it outside of maybe like people, you know, staging boycotts or sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. But nothing official. That's about to change. We have the documents to show that very specifically how they're doing it. It's starting now. It's been a pilot program for maybe a year or two years. It's starting right now and it's getting very, very scary. Yeah, it really is. So this is the S in the ESG standards tonight. Yep. Social justice, right? This is the wokeness part of it. Right. Uh, we'll definitely watch that. It's going to be uh, very interesting. And it's, it is one of those things no one's talking about. So you need to go and check out the Glenbeck program to make sure you know the details of it. Um, let me move to the border here for a second. Uh, we, we're hearing AOC says it's not a surge. That's the wrong thing. That means you mean insurgents. Right. Which is not, I don't think, what people mean by that. Um, wh- how, what do you see on the border right now, and where is this going? Well, first of all, I love that AOC suddenly seems like she cares about something regarding the border. Mm, that's so fascinating. At least she does care. I thought she just stopped caring. Well, because yeah. she had the per- period in her life where she cried at the fence in front of the parking, parking lot. Parking lot, yeah. And then she stopped caring when Biden got into office. Now I guess she cares again? Oh, but only when it comes to the word used, like okay. search. Mm-hmm. But but, it, but at least she does care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. I've been watching this extensively with some people, some colleagues that um, have actually been going down there. Um, it's it's 
It's a crazy situation. So we were hearing from the Biden administration, right, that they're only uh, that the border is basically closed, that they're turning the majority of the people away. Yeah, um, I think they said up to 70 percent of people are getting turned away and they're only accepting the um, uh, the, the unaccompanied minors. Um, they're also housing uh, the family units that are there, I guess, until they figure out what they're going to do with them. But what, but what people that are actually down at the border are actually seeing is that that's not the case. In fact, there are a ton of amount of single adult males that are going across the border. Hmm. Not only that, but they have paperwork that legitimizes the trip all the way through Mexico. Remember, that's not supposed to happen. There's supposed to be the National Guard in Mexico, right. theirs, that's stopping this. Well, they're giving them immigration papers because they're so overloaded. They're like, what do we do? Here, here's an immigration paper. Be on your merry way. Mm -hmm. Well, that gives them a legal ability to travel through Mexico if they want to. Then they're getting to our border. Again, the same exact scenario. They are so overloaded at the border, the Border Patrol doesn't have time to deal with them. So what they're doing is they're giving them paperwork right there. They're, they're getting their biometric information, doing that really quickly, giving them uh, a temporary you know, stay uh, paperwork or visa or whatever, mm -hmm. and then letting them go. Into the United States. Into the United States. Now, there's NGOs and actual churches that are helping this out. So these NGOs are gathering them up at facilities, either their, you know, their own facilities, some at churches that we've looked at, and they are keeping them there, then putting them on charter buses. Where the money is coming from this, I haven't seen yet, but it's usually the same people involved <laughs> when yes. we look into mm -hmm. it. But then they're putting them on charter buses and saying, where do you want to go? And they'll gather up 20 or 30 of them that are going in a similar direction, and off they go. And again, they've got the paperwork, which says, hey, you have to show up you know, at a later date, blah, 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 you know, to you know, to, to go in front of a judge, but most of them never do. But if they do, then that starts the asylum process, which could take years to see anything come of it. Meanwhile, they know that while they're sitting there waiting for this asylum, asylum process to go through all the bureaucratic red tape, they know, or what they're hoping for, is that they'll all be granted, uh, granted temporary stays anyway by the administration. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah, and we treat this like it's like a, a surprise party where like, we are in a uh, we like we're throwing a surprise party for Glenn. We know all the details. He doesn't know any of them. So when he walks into this room, it's going to be a big surprise. Well, with the border, they know all these tricks. Yeah, they know they're coming. They know to say certain things to get into the asylum program. They know to bring certain paperwork. They're being they, directed. They know. Times. Right. Exactly. So I, I get I'm fascinated by this in that like we we act as if this is there's some cure here. But as, as long as we kind of, you know, Biden said it himself, I'm never going to let a child um, go. Uh, you know, if they come to the border unaccompanied child, I'm never going to let them go to the other side and starve like Donald Trump did. And of course, he didn't do that. So the, these policies are so ridiculous. You talk about, you know, you criticize one administration for what we, that's another whole ball of wax. But you criticize one administration for separating uh, families mm -hmm. uh, when they get to the border, even though that's been happening since Bill Clinton. Um, but that's the, that was their main attack at Donald Trump. But what the, Biden is still doing that. But what Biden is also doing is through this policy and basically encouraging, um, you know, families to just say, here, you know, six. I saw that uh, one was like nine months old or something like that it was one of the youngest people they found coming over unaccompanied. But these parents are saying, here, go ahead. Yeah. We'll meet up with you later. So the separations are still happening. Yeah. They're just happening on the other side of the border and making it even more dangerous. Yes. It's so ridiculous like I, I, that there's no distinction there i don't know why this is better 
for some reason, the left sounds like this is some incredible improvement on the policy. But as you point out, at least with Donald Trump's policy, they were crossing the border in the river with the child. Here, they're just going by themselves, which is worse. You know, there's a story um, in the in the Biden press conference that they said a nine year old walked from Honduras to the border and with one other friend who was also nine years old or something. And it's like, I have a nine year old, right? Like, I mean, I, you know, he's, he's a pretty trustworthy nine year old. Like I'd be, I, he's, I would trust him doing more than I think the average nine year old, but like, I wouldn't let him walk across town, let alone walk from Honduras to the United States. So either, um, this is the worst parent of all time, right? Or it is obviously not true. They're, they're, either a coyote or a relative of some sort is bringing them up a hundred feet so where they, from where they can be seen from the border. And then they're crossing on their own, which makes a heck of a lot more sense. And we keep telling the people in C- Central America, we, you shouldn't come. But if you do come and it's an unaccompanied child, they're in. Yeah. The incentives are totally out of whack here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree, and I think it's even more than just uh, you know the it being a lie and the parents coming or they're they're coming with somebody else that's you know a relative or whatever. I think also uh, in many cases we need to look re- hard at these NGOs because I, th- I think they're a lot more involved than mm-hmm. what's being reported. I mean, if you remember, there was a few years ago that remember that Pueblo Sin Fronteras that was uh, on the ground yeah. helping these caravans. There were multiple American NGOs uh, on this side. They're actually governmental organizations, right? Um, And they were sending representatives, American representatives, down there, all the way down to where the caravans were starting to help coordinate this. Now, are all they also saying, hey, look, you're not going to get across. Your kid will. Don't worry. We got this. And they're helping to facilitate some of these. I'm sure that's happening. Mm. But look, I think the, the issue here is from a broken immigration system. Democrats don't give a crap about fixing it because look at the political clout they get from all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Republicans don't care about fixing it, really, because if they did, I mean, there's so much political fighting going back and forth. uh, They're not solving anything. Problem. And this is my opinion. This is not Blaze TV's opinion. I'm sure this is not your opinion. It might be. I don't know. But um, my father-in-law, he spent, I think, 10 years trying to, he's, uh, my wife's family's Mexican, spent 10 years trying to become a citizen. Finally did, but it cost him thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, Had to hire multiple lawyers to get it done. Worked here nonstop the entire time. Finally became a citizen. That's bull crap. That Mm -hmm. is absolute bull crap. Um, The system is broken the way it is. Um, If you made it easier for immigrants to file in other countries, come over, work, do all these things, they wouldn't have to try and cross illegally. They wouldn't be a strain on the, uh, uh, you know, on the on the American economy and the the job system. I do think that that opinion has become a minority on the conservative side. It's totally my opinion. I mean, I am 100 percent. I love immigration. I love legal immigration. I think it's a fantastic thing. I think we import superstars from around the world who are like willing to risk everything to go get find a better life and kick ass in a new country and you know like when they come and they do it in a legal fashion you that's a real dedication to a country like that especially with how difficult we've made it but i do think there's a much you could streamline this process in, in a much bigger way i would be very much and i think this is now a minority position unfortunately among conservatives but like i think that like focusing instead of hey we need to stop illegal immigration that's part of it but focusing more on let's get legal immigration better yes. let's get the let's get the screen people get the best people here so we can improve our society right that has always been I mean, certainly our families going back far enough 
are on that sort of profile, most likely, where we came here legally looking for a better life. And, you know, you talk to immigrants who've come here from around the world. It, they didn't just get Ameri the United States of America sort of plopped on them. They had to choose it and work their asses off to get here. And the ones who did it, uh, you know, legally I, are an incredible asset to the, the country. I absolutely agree. That does not mean uh, we don't want the wall built. I want the wall yeah. built. Mm -hmm. We need security at the border. We need to stop people that will come over and look into game the system. That's got to happen. Mm -hmm. But you have to make it to where people that really want to do at work, get a good job. You have to make it easier for them to do it. It's, and that's, this, is what, this is what pisses me off about the GOP today. We suck at these culture wars. Why? Because we failed in, in, uh, in communication like this. Mm -hmm. You can't just concentrate on border security. That's ridiculously important, and we do need to concentrate on it. Yeah. But you also have to uh, identify with the human element. And, uh, and 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 making it easier for things like border security. I mean, we just yeah. suck at it. It's true, and I think I think this conversation has moved a little bit over the past couple of years because, you know, I think there was a time where we could basically have the same platform of policies and say, look. We want border security and we want to uh, get the best people here and make it easier for the for the best people to come here legally, making the legal process better. Yeah. And there was a choice of focus, right? The, the GOP focused on just just the border security part of it. And, you know, you could focus on the same policies by just focusing on, on the positive, right? The pro legal immigration side of it. I do feel, though, like and I think this probably largely is Trump related, but not entirely. And that like he was really more skeptical of legal immigration than I am. I mean, we see this from a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sort of the populist brand of the GOP is more, uh, it looks to, would rather have less legal immigration overall. And there's arguments for it, right? It's not like, it's not because they don't like Hispanics. It's because, you know, arguments about wages and arguments about, um, you know, the economy. And, and, and we understand those arguments, but I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's been a change. It's, it's, I think it's noticeable. Um, that the, that cons the conservative movement, or at least the Republican side of the aisle, has sort of started to turn on legal immigration a little bit. Yeah, I, I, and I've seen that as well. And but and I, I don't blame Trump. I think Trump was the was probably the product of mm -hmm. I would say decades of Republicans and Democrats going back and forth and figuring out, hey, what's going to uh, you know appeal to my base the most? And the other side was uh, answering, you know, in turn. Uh, and then taking advantage of it. I, th I think that their inaction and inability, both their, it's both their inaction and inability to do anything that was meaningful, mm -hmm. plus their actions on inflaming their side uh, really contributed to, you know, around in 2015, 2016, the country just p being pissed off. Yeah. You know, like being pissed off. Yeah. Like, look, well, let's just stop this altogether. And I, like, I don't know if blame's the right word with Trump. I think it, it, it fell within his... Um, his policy, you know, he's a bit of a protectionist, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was, he's, you know, he's, he's not a big free trade guy. There's that element ties together. Legal immigration and free trade, there's some commonality, I think, in that, in that mindset. And Trump wasn't there. He, I mean, you could say it's blame. I mean, I, I tend to not like it, so I can say that I think Trump is, is more responsible for it because he seemed to clear the path for a lot of more populist thinking, which is not my, my forte per se. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, he had, I guess it's another way of saying Trump had an enormous influence, not just on the party uh, as a whole, but on the real, these real policy platforms. I mean, no what, what Trump was passionate about wound up, the Republican Party wound up becoming. Yeah. Well, I mean, that became the issue, mm -hmm. really. I mean, I, I don't think that there's a president, Donald Trump, if not for ev all the chaos surrounding the border. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, and this could end up being one of the main issues going into the next election as well.
I mean, it's already setting up that way. Yeah. And we haven't even talk, talked about the fact that we're in the process of vaccinating a bunch of people for the coronavirus. They're letting thousands of, of illegal immigrants come from the um, from Mexico, where they're currently in Mexico testing the entire country. Twenty two percent positive on their covid tests. I mean, we're getting close to getting this behind us. And here we are importing new cases. It's like Andrew Cuomo, except on a bigger scale. Yeah. We're just importing, you know, illegal immigrants with COVID all over the country and, and, being, and wondering why it's not going to work out all that well. It's just insanity. Uh, Jason Buttrell, head writer, researcher for all things Glenn Beck here at The Blaze. Don't miss the new Glenn special tonight immediately following this program. Comply or die. How, American, how America will enforce total wokeness. It's 9 p.m. Eastern. And the easiest way to watch, of course, is with your own Blaze TV subscription. Head to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 10 bucks and get Glenn Beck, Jason Buttrell, and more. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Stu. All right, back in a second. Some good news and some bad news on the vaccine front today. Uh, start with the good news. Uh, Pfizer uh, has tested its vaccine on 12 to 15 year olds and uh, is shown to be 100% effective in the study. Now, of course, in reality, when it goes out to millions and millions of people, it's not going to be 100%, but it does appear to be more effective, at least on the early uh, indications, uh, than it was on the general public and adults in general, uh, showing a very big uh, reaction as far as uh, antibodies go to get rid of COVID. Uh, now, why does it matter? You might say, well, and this is very common and sensible, by the way, to say 12 to 15 year olds very rarely have bad effects when it comes to COVID. Why would I get the vaccine? Well, a couple different things. There are two different goals here. One is herd immunity, uh, actual herd immunity. Two is hey, let's get this virus so it's not killing as many people and we can kind of just live with the consequences of it. Uh, basically, if you don't have any kids involved, you're never going to get to full herd immunity. You're going to get to, you can get to, hey, this is just the flu, right? This is kind of where I think where our goal is right now. Um, eventually, it would be great to be able to have it completely gone. It's possible if you can get, if, it's, if it works on kids and it's happy, uh, happy and healthy uh, children uh, after getting the uh, vaccine. So far, the uh, signs look good. On the bad news, uh, there was a factory in Baltimore that was supposed to give us lots and lots of the Johnson & Johnson um, uh, vaccine. And they basically screwed it up. So they have to just trash 15 million doses of it. Uh, pretty terrible uh, thing. It didn't affect anyone. No one actually took the vaccine. It was none of the none of these doses were shipped. If you got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, you got nothing to worry about. It was in a different uh, it was came out of a different factory and, and all those doses are fine. But uh, just is going to slow down the supply a little bit. And uh, so not a great development, kind of an embarrassing thing for Johnson and Johnson. But again, these things happen. Thank God they caught them uh, before anything, uh, you know, before people thought they were. I have, I'm, I'm protected from COVID, and then they all started getting it. Um, Delta uh, put in a policy through coronavirus uh, where they were going to get rid of the middle seats. Uh, no one sat in the middle seats on Delta flights for a while. Well, they're coming back May 1st. Uh, get excited, everybody. Uh, a big fat guy like me is going to be sitting in between in the middle seat and uh, flowing my fat flowing over into your area. So you're welcome. You're welcome. There is we need to do at some point a monologue about the things I want to keep from the pandemic because no middle seats. I want to keep that one, uh, but there's a lot I'd like to lose. Uh, by the way, 14 countries and a World Health Organization chief 
have accused China of withholding data from pandemic origins investigation that's been going on for a while. Again, no one's saying that China may have intentionally uh, launched a bioweapon. I mean, not no one. Some people are saying that, but very few people are saying that. What they're saying is did this thing escape from a lab. You guys were working on similar viruses there. Uh, we don't know the uh, origins, but we do know that China continually has blocked uh, information from us and have been a massive cause of death throughout the entire world. Millions of people have died. A lot of this blood is on the hand of the Chinese government. That's not racist to say that. Don't go beat up an Asian American citizen uh, as if you were going to do that. That would be insane. That would be an insane response to this. But what isn't sane is to hold the Chinese communist government responsible. They deserve to be held accountable. And speaking of that, in New York, uh, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo deserves to be held accountable. But New York has legalized recreational marijuana and has expunged former pot convictions. Here's the thing. You can make any drug you want legal in New York. However, that's not going to make people forget Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. We have a fake holiday alert, a fake holiday alert. This is not a drill. Today is tr the trans day of visibility. Um, hey, now, how does that make our non-sighted friends feel? Have you thought about that today? Visibility, that's hate speech, okay? I guess you have to see trans people today, so good luck with that. Also, Star Wars is celebrating the Trans Day of Visibility by debuting, uh, or celebrating, I guess, a couple of, couple of trans non-binary Jedi. So every dumb thing, uh, that you could possibly imagine is happening. I guess that's my summary of the news today. Back in a second. All right, if you missed the YouTube special stream of the Joe Biden speech, make sure to go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, it lives there forevermore. Uh, check it out. Myself and Dan Andros from Faithwire went over the entire speech. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you can buy, by the way, the Senility Now t-shirt. Uh, it is the thing you need to get through any crazy Joe Biden speech. And remember, kind of like the Seinfeld episode uh, where, uh, you know, Serenity Now. This is Senility Now. It's a little different, uh, a little more disturbing, but you can get it at stewdoesmerch.com as well as Nancy Pelosi sucks. Uh, mugs, Nancy Pelosi sucks, pens. Lots of great stuff there. Make sure you load up. Before we go, Joe Biden's dog has bit another person. There is no one who is more responsible for violence in this nation than Joe Biden's dog. <laughs> they said, uh, yes, Major, that's the name of the dog, nipped someone on a walk. Out of an abundance of caution, the individual was seen by the White House Medical Union and then returned to work without injury. Uh, it is, I mean, I love dogs and I, I don't have a problem with German Shepherds or any other dog really, but three years old is a little old for a, not kind of old for like a nipping incident on a walk. I mean, this dog just wants out. Let's be honest about it. It's hanging around the Bidens all the time. He's probably drooling on them every night. You know, they, he just, the major just like, just put me down. Come on, man. Just get me out of here. Put me down. I can't take this anymore. This guy wants to spend what, how many trillions of dollars? I don't want to be around for this. People are going to think I'm part of this administration. They're going to think I had something to do with stealing all this money. 
Just, I'm trying to get out of here any way possible. Just put me down. I can't be around the Bidens anymore. This is sad. I feel terrible for the dog. A dog that has been driven to biting humans just to attempt suicide.